running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. JT, back with you. Thanks for joining us today. As we got a big week lined up, and it's coming together quickly as the Washington football team is in town on Sunday to take on the Raiders. We are excited about this opportunity as the flagship station for the Raiders. This is an epic opportunity for something big to happen in the month of December. And I'm not shying away from it. We're brought to you by Five Iron Golf at Area 15. They have an incredible offer of free club fitting with the Fitting Lab state-of-the-art custom golf club fitting service. It's where I go on Saturdays to hit golf balls. No need to go to a range, get some great food, some drinks, play any golf course you want. The staff is incredible. And you get a chance to walk around Area 15, which is pretty cool, too, and go check out Five Iron Golf. So I watched the game, as I said in the first hour of the show. I watched the game last night as I was on the air doing my other show, and I could see the energy that Washington was playing with. And I made the comparison to the 49er win against the Rams, something that's been on my the top of my list here for about two, three weeks. When I saw the Niners play a desperate game and win, all of a sudden the Niners are a playoff team again. And that's what concerns me about this Washington football team. What concerns me about them is this is a team now that is playing really close. They're tight. They're on a plan to make the playoffs. They're fighting to chase Dallas down, and they're a grinding out team. I mean, they've had injuries. You lose Chase Young, the best pass rusher, arguably in football with T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh, and then some of the stats that they put up were bleeping incredible, incredible. The way they're willing to run the football and pound the football, and then Heineke can make plays. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this who I went to college with, and he's a former. He he doesn't like Daniel Snyder, but his roots are with the old Redskins, now the Washington football team. And by the way, we call them the Washington football team, but if you call them their old name, you're not going to go to jail. All the presidents, from President Nixon, who had their coaches, George Allen, in the White House, in the Oval Office, to Joe Gibbs, who had parades, to President Clinton, President Bush, both of them had no problem saying Redskins back in the day. Okay, I, I respect the brand, and we'll call it the Washington football team. It's just incredible that this team now had years to come up with a new name, and they can't. And I think Washington football team is growing on a lot of people, and they're good with that. But, but getting back to the game last night, this team is well coached with Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, who we all know, and this is going to be a very difficult game. The Raiders opened up a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's two-and-a-half. Raiders is a home favorite at Allegiant Stadium, go look at it. It's not something that usually encourages you. But the Raiders were able to win on the money line if you bet them uh, last Thursday on Thanksgiving. So back to some of the analysis here. What did we see last night that should concern you as a Raider fan? For me, number one is the commitment for them to run the football. And if they want to run the football, a lot of times I say this to Raiders, go ahead and try to run it. Because if you don't run it well, 
you're keeping the Raiders in the game and you're giving the Raiders an opportunity to know the third down's coming if you're not running it well and that the Raiders can pin their ears back with two of the best pass rushers in football and that would be Yannick Ngakwe and Mad Max Crosby. You let those guys know it's third and seven. A bunch throughout the day, they're going to get you once or twice and this is Heineke at quarterback. But look at the stats in this game. Heineke played pretty well, 27-35 for 223. He had a touchdown and an interception. But I looked at the way they ran the ball. They ran it 43 times for 152 yards, only 3.5 average per carry. So they didn't, their longest run was 17 yards. Now let's remember that as we go into the pregame Sunday at the Torch. They ran it 43 times, and their longest run was 17. So what they were doing was they were committed to running the football at all costs to try to set up some big plays for Heineke on third down. They got a great receiver in Terry McLaurin. He is fantastic. Scary Terry. The way this guy runs, it's incredible after the catch. And they throw him the ball in coverage, something that I'm always preaching with Carr and the Raiders, right? I'm always saying throw the ball to Waller in coverage. He's double team. Who cares? Let Waller go get it. Well, this is what they do at Washington. They throw it to McLaren, and he goes out and makes plays. He's a very good player. And I think the Raiders have to be concerned about him with the double team because Jonathan Abram's going to jump in the box because if they're going to run the ball and they want to run the ball this much, Abram is going to play box safety. He's going to try to take away the runner, be called on to stop the run, and then you're looking at a single high safety, and they're going to have to find a way with Merrick to help out on McLaurin who can definitely have a big game. He's a guy I'm seriously worried about. I don't know he only had seven targets last night. And Seattle is freaking out today because DK Metcalf only had one reception for 13 yards on four targets. So last night's game was very bizarre, very unique. But I want you to listen to what Ron Rivera said after the game. Ron Rivera, after the game, went nuts in the locker room and Taylor Henneke threw something up against a whiteboard. I couldn't really tell what it was in the video. He threw something up against it, and the team cheered. Then Ron Rivera gave this speech about this team coming together, and it was pretty intense. This is the locker room last night in the nation's capital for Washington football team. I told you, everything we need is in this room. Everybody in this room we need. We've got to work together, stay together, and be the team that we can We will not take it from anybody. I don't give a shit how they stack it against us. We're whipping it. Now let's play football. Here we go. Team on three. One, two, three. So there you go. Ron Rivera's got this team humming. And they shut down Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson threw an interception that ended the game. Russell Wilson didn't play poorly. He had a 110 rating. He was 20-31, 247. Two touchdowns in the game. So am I concerned about Washington? Hell yeah. They look to me to be better than Chicago when Chicago came to Vegas and hammered the Raiders with Justin Fields. It looks like the same exact game to me. It looks different than the Giant game that the Raiders lost. And it looks different than Cincinnati or Philadelphia. It reminds me a lot of the Chicago game where the Raiders lost. Now, I think the Raiders will win this game. The Raiders are a better team. The Raiders are rested, trying to get healthy, coming off a big win emotionally. Good week of practice, we're presuming. And Washington's got travel on a short week. But let me tell you something. Washington last night, they were tough. 
They were physical. They were running to the ball. Oh, and speaking of one other thing, don't kick it. They had one run back where the guy who got the run back looked like he was shot out of a rocket. All right, shot out of a rocket. So please kick it, Daniel Carlson, out of the back of the end zone. We don't want to see anything crazy in this game. Uh, turnovers, first downs. You know, Washington, time of possession. You don't see this in the NFL. 41 minutes and 40 seconds against Russell Wilson, who had it for 18-20. Washington had 27 first downs to Seattle's 10, and Seattle almost tied the game up on the last play of the game. The encouraging thing is that Washington didn't score in the fourth quarter, and they struggled to get points and get points in the red zone. But, hey, we've seen the Raiders do that too. So this is a game now that the Raiders have to win. We've looked at it all. I've, I've, I watched the game. I'm going to watch it again. We got Joe Theismann. We got Brent Musburger. We got Jay Schrader coming on. We got all these great guests. We're going to try to preview the game. But when I looked at it last night, I'm not going to say I had a bad feeling, but as I was tweeting, live tweeting, which sometimes is not good, as I was live tweeting last night, I was concerned about how good Washington looked. They just looked to be tough, physical, and they were having a lot of fun. And they believed in each other. And then that locker room speech afterwards, man, they're coming to win a game. They're coming out here to win a game. If they win, they get to 6-6. Six and six. Think about that for this football team and what they've been through. If the Washington football team wins in Vegas, they go to 6-6 six and six on the year. And the Raiders drop to 6-6 six and six on the year. This is as big as it gets for Washington. And there are two games now behind Dallas. And Dallas is going to lose some games. Their coach has COVID. They haven't been playing well. Dallas isn't going to run the table here. So Washington comes in in a really good spot. And so do the Raiders. In a good spot for the Raiders to go 7-5 and five and be in the playoff hunt. You know, the Raiders are one game out of the playoffs, percentage-wise, to the Chargers. If the playoffs started today. The Raiders would be out. The Chargers would be in as a seven seed. But I am just shocked to know that Washington is officially in the playoffs today with a five and six record. They're the seven seed. They win the tiebreaker over Atlanta and Minnesota based on best win percentage in conference games. Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate New Orleans. Atlanta wins in a tiebreaker over New Orleans based on head-to-head win percentages. So the Washington football team with the win last night jumped ahead of the Minnesota Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Saints for a playoff spot, and they'd be in today. So don't worry about this team not being ready to play. I was hoping a couple of weeks ago they'd continue to lose games and they'd come into Vegas, you know, maybe with a record of four and seven. You know, you look at something like that, like they got nothing to play for. They're coming out here for a road trip. They'll give it a really big fight in the first half, but they're going to be out of it and the Raiders will hammer them? No. This team is as good as the Raiders. They're playing well. Uh, the Raiders are going to have to play a great game to win the game. Carr's going to have to be exceptional, and the Raider defense is going to have to rise to the occasion. And that's why I'm giving the Raiders the advantage to win this game because I think the pass rush is going to get to Tyler Henneke. You know, Bill Belichick would put a game plan together that would crush Taylor Heineke, period. You just take him out of the game. He's done it his whole career. I have confidence that Rich Passaccia will tell Gus Bradley to do the same thing, put a scheme together this week that will live, limit Taylor Heineke. But Heineke reminds me of that guy, you know, we just came off of Thanksgiving, if you played in a turkey bowl or if you ever played pickup football, that's the guy you want on your team. 
Oh, give me Heineke as my quarterback. We're going to play a turkey bowl. We're playing outside. We're playing pickup football. You know, five on five. Give me that guy because he's going to make every play and throw it around the yard. He's that tough. He's unbelievable. And look at the quarterbacks that Heineke has beaten here. I know he doesn't play each quarterback like an NBA game and guard him. But what a run here from, uh, for Washington on the schedule. They beat Tom Brady. They go out and beat the Panthers and the Seahawks. Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. Can't make that up. He beat Tom Brady and Russell Wilson two of the last three weeks. And he's coming in here to Vegas to prove a point. Raiders are going to have to be fantastic. And they're the kicker for Washington. Sly's got a hamstring. He's going to be out at least three weeks. So Joey Sly will miss at least three weeks because of a hamstring injury that was suffered last night. What do you think, Raider Nation? It's a big game. We're going to treat it that way. Must-win game? Sure. If you want to say that the rest of the way, go ahead and do it. That means you're a Raider fan. You expect to make the playoffs. And if you're going to make the playoffs, you have to beat the Washington football team. You got me on that? If you're a playoff team, you cannot lose to the Giants, the Bears, and the Washington football team. You have to win games like that. As we tell you all the time, Grimaldi's has five locations in the Vegas Valley. To find one near you, check them out at GrimaldisPizzeria.com. I want to thank Grimaldi's for being a tremendous partner, generously providing us with $50 gift cards to give away to our loyal listeners. And we got a few to give away. We just got a new delivery coming up for the month of December. I'm happy about that. JT, as we preview the Washington football team right here on the flagship Raider Nation Radio and the Raiders live mobile app. It's up there. I mean, it was good. Um, I mean, no one thought we were going to win this game. I mean, don't really blame you for how we played the last week, Paul. Um, but, uh, but we did, and you were wrong. So... Uh, that, that felt good because I love you. But uh... Not too many times I have a guest on where the quarterback <laughs> points at him and says he loves him. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN, ESPN Television, ESPN.com, the Raiders insider. How about that, Paul? How'd that feel? It's all love, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> everything's love, until, uh, especially when you're winning and you have a two or the fourth game like that. It was pretty funny. I was, I was kind of taken aback when he said that. And uh, as he was walking off, Put him at the end. I said, "Hey, Derek, thanks for thanks for reading." And he shot back right away. He was laughing. He said, "Hey, well, somebody said to me you said something, so I had to say something to you. So there it is. So no, it was, it was all in, in good fun. And, and like you said, love. When he's upset with somebody, uh, he's gone after Josh Dubow from Associated Press a few times too, and he always ends up with saying that he loves us. So you only take yeah, he, that, right? He is that type of person, no doubt. He does care. Let's move on to the victory. And what impressed you the most? Being there, then looking at the tape, uh, interviewing the coach and the players, what, what was the big point in that game that gave the Raiders the victory in your analysis? Uh, the, the Derek Carr that we had seen earlier in the season, not the Derek Carr that we had seen after uh, the bye. He was, he was more aggressive. He was pushing the ball downfield. Um, even if the, sh- the shot really wasn't there, so to speak, he still took it. And uh, he, he trusted his wideouts. Uh, you didn't see that the previous few games. And, and I think – uh, well, actually, I know a lot of it had to do with, with Deshaun Jackson getting that team off to a quick start. Third play from scrimmage, you hit him going across the middle, and 
Deshaun Jackson does Deshaun Jackson things, that's going to gain a lot of trust um, through the rest of the game, and especially from the defense, because now you've got that playmaker again. They can take the top off the defense if they can't crowd the line, so that's going to allow Derek to be more aggressive. And, and again, you know, long answer to your short question, the Derek Carr that we had seen earlier in the year, he showed back up again on national TV in the most widely watched uh, regular season game since 1990. Paul Gutierrez is our guest. I cannot imagine that going backwards with the game plan from here on out. I can't imagine Greg Olson and the offensive staff changing what worked in Dallas and attacking downfield and getting Deshaun Jackson going again. You would think that that would be the priority of the game plan going forward. But, Paul, I'm a little bit concerned because, in a good way, Josh Jacobs ran hard in that game, and I know how much they like to revert back to the running game. Yeah, and it's one of those the chicken and the egg things, right? I mean, what 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 opened up things first, the the vertical threat or the running game? And, and it's one of those questions that in today's NFL, you know, I, I've asked Raider players over the years, and I remember really, really stumping Amari Cooper a couple of years ago because you know Al, Al Davis's mantra was was always, you know, people talk about take what the defense gives you. Well, no, we're going to take what we want. And I've asked these guys through the years. How fine is that line between taking what the defense gives you and taking what you want? And and they really don't have an answer for that because today's NFL is all ingrained in, you know, you just kind of chip away, chip away, chip away, and then you take the big play. Whereas with Al Davis, you knew exactly what was going to be happening, but he had the athletes and the players around him to, to make sure that, it, that they could take advantage of it. You know, Cliff Branch, for example, Fred Bolitnikoff, um, you know, going way back. But it's it's – I can't imagine – that uh, anything they saw there against the Cowboys would not come to fruition going down the line because that, to me, makes all the sense in the world. Paul Gutierrez is our guest, and let's jump in and talk about Washington. I was on the air last night when they were playing, and the energy I saw was intense. They are physical. They are really physical. Ron Rivera went nuts after the game. I'm sure you saw the tweet in the locker room. I mean, he was coaching like he won a playoff game and then moving on to the divisional round. I just think they got a lot of good things happening on this 3-0 and winning streak that they're on. That's cause for concern for the Raiders. This is going to be a physical matchup. How do you see it early? Yeah, and if you thought that, that Khalil Mack was coming for some payback earlier in the year with the Bears, how about Jack Del Rio, <laughs> you know, the defensive coordinator for, for Washington? He, he's going to want to dial some things up. He knows Derek Carr really, really well. I don't know if it's a John Gruden, um, Rich Gannon, Super Bowl mm. 37 kind of a matchup, but but there's something to be concerned of there because he knows he knows Derek really, really well. Um, and, and Washington, you know, you look at it and go, okay, well, the Raiders should win this and go on. Yeah, well, the Raiders should have beat the Bears. The Raiders should have beat the Giants. The Raiders should have beat the Bengals. So unless they, they, they really think they can just show up, they're in for a tough game anyway. So uh, they should be concerned every game. And if nothing else, JT, this season has proven that the NFL truly is a week-to-week league because, again, a week ago, as Derek Carr pointed out, I thought they were done, you know, and then they go out yeah. there and put on the performance of a, of a season out there. So it was, it, it's, it really is. You just don't know which team is going to show up. And I hate the, the cliche of any given Sunday, but it, it's especially true this year. You know, I'm in the building a lot. You're in the building more. And how tough is it to cover this team with injuries? I'm not saying that they're holding anything back. We can make a phone call or a text and we have the ability to find out, but there's only so much you can do if you keep asking about Morrow, Incognito, Mullen, Waller now, and their status going forward. Is that difficult for you, or do you have to get to the player, or do you wait for what you're going to see on the practice field? Because 
I've been telling you all year long when you've been kind enough to join us. I think injuries have been a big topic, and I expected them to be healthier by now. Even though the core players, including the quarterback and the running back, are healthy, what can you tell us about the injury status of some of these players? Yeah, and that's the, the interesting thing is that unless if there's something really, really wrong, you're not going to hear much. And, and as, yeah. as uh, Rich Passaccia said yesterday, uh, when just talking about Darren Waller, he said it was a week-to-week situation. And then his explanation made it sound more like day-to-day. So at least it's not the NHL where they just go with the general body part, right? <laughs> oh, it's a lower extremity injury, right. this, that, and the other. Um, and that, that's part, JT, to also to that, that hurts us in our job, so to speak, is not being able to go in the locker room. Because at least when you go in the locker room, you can feel it. It's palpable in there to see what the mood is, what the vibe is. But, oh, yeah, when you have your reporter hat on, you observe things. You see when guys are, are rolling around on a scooter and they have their right leg up or their left leg up. Oh, that guy's in a boot. Uh, this guy is on crutches. You know that and you file that in the back of your head so that when it is time and it is important to put that out there, that's when you're well-armed to do it. Otherwise, it's all just background noise for the fantasy players and, and people that are into things like that. So it, it, it's tough. It's part of the job. Uh, I haven't heard anything really um, mm-hmm. salacious or worth, you know, because if Darren Waller was facing something that was major, believe me, it would be out there by now. Uh, I haven't heard that yet, and I haven't seen it out there. So, again, I'll just take Rich Passaggi at his word. It's week to week. Oops, I mean day by day. Paul Gutierrez, as we wrap it up. So, as you reported, long snapper Trent Sieg on the COVID list. And what was your just general thoughts about Mike McCarthy getting COVID and being out for the Cowboys, the team that the Raiders have played most recently? Yeah, that's what's interesting. Is, is it seems like it's running through the Cowboys pretty well with, with Amari Cooper, as I mentioned earlier, who's unvaccinated, so that put him out of that game. Uh, with the Raiders situation, at least, uh, what we were told early on and what I've been able to confirm is, is that you know the team was 100% vaccinated going into the season, Trent Sieg being vaccinated. Uh, he needs to just have two negative tests within a 24-hour uh, period, and he'll be good to go. So to see if he's out there on the field tomorrow or Thursday, you're good at that point. Otherwise, you're looking back at a terrible situation. Remember that I don't. It was a prime time game against the Chargers, where uh, the long snapper went. Where I believe it was Con. No, it wasn't Condo. Um, the long snapper went out, and then the, they didn't really have a backup, and it was a. It was just really, really bad the rest of the way. Or they couldn't get the most simple plays done. So uh, I want to say it was Brandon Myers, but and it really wasn't even his fault. It's just that Dennis Allen didn't have a guy ready to go. Paul, finally, I saw you retweeted uh, last night the Washington football employees, Melanie uh, Coburn and Megan Imbert, held uh, a little bit of a press conference outside FedEx Stadium to release the, the, uh, the report into the misconduct before that Monday night football game. I think it's important that we mention it. You're a journalist. You know I got my career started. Bruce Allen hired me within the Raiders and the relationship that we both had with Coach Gruden. And now it's the Washington football team. 650,000 emails that took John Gruden out, not defending Coach Gruden for what he said in those emails, had an effect on the Raiders. Mark Davis had to go react and speak in front of the league here. This is the backdrop of this game. At a lot of levels, owners, people thinking about this game, the Washington football team emails, and the only team that was affected in those emails, the Las Vegas Raiders. Bizarre. Just strange. And, yeah. and um, you know, with the fact that, that John Gruden has, uh, you know, filed the lawsuit, I, a lot of people ask me, a lot of friends, family, fans who may be, and they're like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know if he's got a case so much as he's got a point. Because if mm-hmm. you're going to tell me out of 650,000 emails, 
those are the only ones that had such language in it. And you're right. There's no way to condone what he said. What he wrote is what he wrote is what he said is what he said. But at the same point, it's hard to kind of compartmentalize it and things like that. And, and again, uh, the backdrop of this game, you got the Del Rio factor. You've got the investigation. Uh, oh, let's look back and see what happened in 2017 when the Raiders season went off the skids, went to, you know went off the rails in Washington on that Sunday night game. Um, there's just a lot of things here. Um, I'm sure a lot of old school Raider fans that would prefer when they see uh, the Raiders in Washington out there on the field, they like to see uh, think of Marcus Allen running with mm-hmm. the night, and that's in my John Facenda voice. Yeah, well, I'll leave you on that note. We just had Coach <laughs> Flores on, one of his most memorable interviews with us, and he talked about looking behind him and Johnny Otten, who was his ball boy, talking about Squirek and how Theismann ran that play once in their earlier game, and Squirek gets the interception. And, Paul, the last question, and this really hits home with you for being a Raider fan your whole life. Wasn't it great that in the Super Bowls, the Raider players had their greatest games from Rod Martin to Jack Squirek to Marcus to Plunkett to Cliff, Freddie Bolitnikoff, Snake. All these great players, they shined when they got to the Super Bowl, and Coach Flores talked about that. They just they, That was the thing. They just had to get there, right? And, and right. part of the battle yeah. was just getting there. So, again, in my best John Vicenda voice, <laughs> the great players aren't always great. They're just great when they have to be. And I can't Thank even you, Paul. Place, but there it is. That sounds good. Take care, buddy. Good talking to you. There he is. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN. Uh, It's interesting. You know, the the Washington football team emails is a very interesting story because I know everybody involved, and I've made that clear. I know everybody involved at the top of that and had a big, big arc in my career, you know, from Bruce Allen and what's happened with him with Washington and John Gruden resigning. And all of that. And that happened this year. And I think of all the things that happened this year, and more so the serious tragedy stuff that affected everybody. And then you look at the email situation and what happened to Coach Gruden and then the Henry Ruggs tragedy and other issues that we have. I love to talk football. You know, we got to get injury updates. Paul just told you it's hard to get them because we don't need them at that level. Fans, you play fantasy, you'd like to know exactly what Waller, what Waller's condition is, but the Raiders will give you what they expect you to know. That's it. It's not their job to report anything additional than what's on the injury report. We've said that for all the time, and they make the players available to us, and we interview them, but we're not going to get Darren Waller on this week and ask him, what is the status for you coming up? That doesn't work that way in this role that we have. So we have to wait, and we have to hope that the trainers and the player get healthier and they're able to go. And the only thing we can do is just stare at that injury report every day and say, oh, he wasn't available, did not participate. He was limited. You always want to see limited if a player hasn't been participating. If a player was completely healthy, then you see the injury report that says limited. You go, oh, what's that all about? Are they getting a rest day? Is the beginning of an injury? What's going to happen here? And the Raiders have a number of players that are not healthy, and I expected them to be here by now. The three would be Trayvon Mullen, Richie Incognito, and Nicholas Morrow. Those three players coming back healthy right now would be a world of difference, you'd all agree. Because the team's pretty much healthy, and a lot of guys have come back. But core players I'm mentioning who are starters, Morrow was going to get, from all accounts that I heard, the captain. He was going to get the C. He really evolved to be a really good linebacker that the Raiders wanted to build around. Not here all year. Richie Incognito. I've never seen anything more bizarre. Never. 
covering an injury than Richie Incognito. Likeable guy, could be the face of the Raiders if healthy, and was playing at a Pro Bowl level. He's an unbelievable interview. He's a hell of a teammate, but he can't come back. He's not available. And then Mullen, he needs more reps. You know, Arnett's done. Well, it was Mullen and Arnett who were supposed to be the future lockdown corners. And Arnett's gone because he acted like an idiot online. Good riddance to him. And Mullen, he's going to come back, and he's going to be a perennial shutdown corner, hopefully, in this league with Casey Hayward. And Casey Hayward I just saw on social media as people are voting for him, which I think is a good vote for the Pro Bowl. And the Pro Bowl is going to be in Vegas uh, coming up here. 702-365-9200. Before I get to these phone calls, I got clearance to say this, and I wanted to make sure I could. We lost a great teammate and friend in our building at Lotus Broadcasting, Frank Harnish, Ballpark Frank. If you've been listening to Sports Talk Radio in Vegas for decades, you know who Ballpark Frank is. He was a valued colleague and friend to everybody. People loved him in this town. He was a grinder. He worked his tail off. He was a big part of the launch of the Vegas Golden Knights on Lotus Broadcasting when we got the media rights and the pregame and the postgame, and he was a mainstay at those games, and he really covered the team well. I go back a long way with Frank from when I first got to Vegas. I can't tell you how many times I've seen him in a press box or at the station, and he took a turn for the worse with a battle that he was fighting, and he has gone way too soon. I don't speak for anyone other than myself. He's a valued friend and colleague, and we're going to miss him. And, Bobby, I wanted you to jump in quickly here because you spent a lot of time, I think, of his whole career here in Vegas and your career married each other. You go back with Frank as long as anybody I know. Yeah, he uh, actually, he's in, he was in the same office as me in the next text. We, uh, we talked a lot. Yeah, and I know it's hard on you. You guys had a long-term and very good friendship. So Used to go to a ton of concerts together. I mean, yeah. I, I could tell you ballpark stories forever, man. Yeah, I ran, into him, I ran into Frank at concerts often. And he was just a guy who really cared. You know, Frank cared about sports radio. He cared about content. He cared about doing his job. And if he was in between jobs or he had an up and down and he left one station, came to another, he was always encouraged every time he got back and could crack a microphone and talk sports. And he will be deeply missed. He had a lot more friends than a lot of people have in Vegas. And quite, and possibly, and quite possibly the biggest tennis fan in all of Vegas radio. Yeah, he loved tennis. He loved tennis. He loved music. And he just loved going out and being a part of it. And he, he wanted us to win. That was the one thing about him also at Lotus. He wanted the family to win here. He wanted the stations to do great. And he was a guy, he was on every station. And he really had a great run. And we're going to miss him. So Frank Harnish, Ballpark Frank, rest in peace. You know, I talked to my buddy today, Adam Joseph, who talked about the way he helped out at Opportunity Village. All the charity work that he did in town that a lot of people didn't know about. He was one of those guys. He was able to do it. So a good friend was lost by our family. A lot of people are hurting today. A lot of people are hurting today in our Lotus building. So Frank Harnish, Godspeed, uh, rest in peace. And you will be deeply missed when we have more information about how you can get involved with this. I'm sure we'll be doing something here at the stations for Ballpark Frank and everything that he's done for us. I don't want to take a phone call after that. We'll come back on the other side and do that. We'll line them up and I'll take them the rest of the way. Uh, We talked about your level of concern 
for the Raiders game against the Washington football team. Mine is very high. I'm not, I don't have a bad feeling. I don't do any of that. I don't have karma, all this. I don't do that on the radio. I'm just very concerned of the motivation level Ten. and how Washington's playing so desperate. Like they have to win. They do, and they're coming to Vegas. going to have to run it out to the right he's in trouble he's going to take off he may have the first down he does and still going 40 and out of bounds at around the 45 yard line it was Derek Carr who kept it saw the alley open up and made his biggest run of the season How about Brett Musburger on that call saved that call uh, tomorrow Brent joins us to kick off the show and I'm excited about that a mentor the voice of my youth. Uh, I love working with Brent Musburger. He's been very kind from our trip to London to some cool things. And just to interview him is, is one of my, the honors of my career. To interview Brent Musburger, I take that very seriously. And working with him on the broadcast is incredible. It really is. So he'll join us tomorrow, hopefully have some good stories. I mean, how about the stories today from Tom Flores about the Super Bowl against Washington? And these are really interesting stories today. Uh, Tommy White will join us tomorrow from the 872 Laborers. I'm excited to talk to him. So we're rolling. We got big shows this week. We're at the top of our game on the flagship. This entire lineup on Raider Nation Radio. It is go time. Big game coming up here. Home game. Feels like a great weekend to build up to the Washington football team. Andy in Anaheim. Thanks for waiting, Andy. Appreciate it. What's happening? Hey, JT, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Um, just a quick shout-out to Tom Flores. He's a great guy. I had a chance to meet him a couple of years ago, uh, him and Greg Papa, when uh, I was an intern with NFL Films. Um, great down-to-earth person. And uh, to answer your, uh, the question earlier, um, you know, my level of concern going into this game is about a seven. Um, you know, the only wins Washington has on the road is against Atlanta and against the Panthers. So that's not that impressive. However, mm-hmm. the Raiders need to do much better on third down. The Raiders just had two third down conversions total versus Casey and Cincy, and were three of 13 versus the Cowboys. Uh, the third down issues were mass against Dallas because Brown had got called for a ton of pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington is trying to shorten the game, so it's key to get a lead early to force in the pass, limit the self-inflicted penalties on defense, and clean up the mistakes on special teams. And most importantly, don't get fooled by any fake puns, outside kicks, or allow kickoff returns and things like that. Yeah, I wouldn't allow a kickoff return. I wouldn't allow one. Uh, The guy last night looked like he was shot out of a cannon. I would not kick the ball off to Washington. I'd kick it out of the back of the end zone. You're right. Yeah, and um, just one more quick point. It feels as though ever since uh, Rich B took over, um, Mm. you know, teams are are trying to catch us slipping on special teams. So I like uh, I feel like we we got to be disciplined in that department, and I'm not I'm not sure if you're made aware of the whole uh, trust trust the coin uh, mm-hmm. thing that's going around right now. With, yeah, twelve uh, and zero. Yeah, 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 and uh, and just um, ending with this, I know you had mentioned uh, 
you got uh, uh, Joe, uh, Joe T on your show later this week. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it would be great. It would be great to hear from uh, former Raiders and uh, Washington quarterback Jason Campbell, uh, you know, to get his unique mm-hmm. point of view from playing for both organizations. I don't know. Just a suggestion. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, yeah. We have, we have Jay Schrader on who played for both organizations. So Jay's going to join us tomorrow in our alumni slot. Brett Musburger will come on. Joe Theismann. We're going big, and I get Kenny Thompson, one of my favorite sports talk hosts on SportsX Radio, a diehard Raider fan. This guy lives and breathes the Raiders, bleed silver and black. And, Kenny, thanks for coming on. I know you heard what we were saying about Ballpark Frank, Frank Harnish, and appreciate you texting me and calling in, buddy. No, JT, man, appreciate you and everything that you do pretty much is uh, as elegant as can be. So I was driving in, I was just saying, you know what, words of wisdom, uh, so many people – like you said, here over the last uh, three, four decades, whatever ballpark's been here, transplanting from Chicago, we know ballpark because he lived and died with those Windy City teams. He's a big Blackhawks guy, as you know, mm-hmm. Bears guy, and he lived for that stuff. He did love his tennis. Uh, we were in touch with him, man. Everybody, you know, trying to keep his spirits up. And, and uh, I, I talked to him one time. He's in the hospital, and it was like 3 in the morning. He goes, yeah, I'm on my third mile walking around trying to just stay motivated in between chemo and and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, it's tough, you know, when you have somebody that's right there, your age group, your friend, somebody that you know, and I know you guys go way back. I, I met him uh, 20 some odd years ago when I moved to town and, and another guy when I was there at Lotus that took me under his wing and helped me out and always somebody that would volunteer to help you out and be on your show or, or if you needed help with something or to get to somebody, he was always there, man. And so, yeah, he will be missed big time. But he had his faith, and uh, that makes me feel good. Ken Thompson is our guest, and I appreciate it. He's a good friend of mine and a guy who loves the Raiders, and Ballpark would love us to talk sports and continue his memory alive that way. The Raiders heading into this game, level of concern for you considering what Washington's playing for. When Chicago came into here, into Vegas, they weren't playing for much i think at that point in time no one took them seriously they're still in the tank Nagy's going to get fired it's just the opposite with this washington football team kenny they're playing for their lives and it was kind of ugly last night but they got a win heading into vegas yeah and there's no question in your last caller orange county you said you know only two wins are at atlanta at carolina on the road let me tell you something didn't the raiders go to atlanta and get their butts whipped last year pretty good so you know a road win is a road win they're going to come in with some confidence Heineke's a very smart quarterback i followed him since college uh mm-hmm. he's got his opportunity you can see he's much more comfortable because he's not looking over his shoulder with somebody uh gonna you know yank him and and uh put him on the bench he's got some good moves uh, as far as play fake and whatnot, when you have the run game working, it makes that play fake look much better. But if the Raiders can play offense the way they did this last game, again, that's a big if. Can we get consistency there? Can we see maybe just a little more of Mariota? You know I'm a big Mariota guy. I thought Derek was outstanding. I thought the combination, again, you get Mariota in there twice, gets a touchdown, gets a first down. I love that run-pass option in certain things. You know, you just don't get that if Derek's out there by himself. So I just want to see the whole – use everything you've got, every asset you've got, and Mariota's one of them. But I love the way the team played. And, again, yeah, Thanksgiving, everybody, including myself, thought they were done, and uh, they showed us something. The only one I know is Violator, our buddy Wayne Mabry, who came yeah. out and told me, Raiders are going to win the game, KT. So, you know, kudos to him. Ken Thompson, as we wrap it up, SportsX Radio, a mainstay. Great sports talk host and friend here in Vegas. So I think the big story, Kenny, going forward is 
Gus Bradley's defense. They got shredded in the second half against Kansas City. A lot of penalties, 14 total penalties, not all on defense. Gus has got these guys lined up right. And Gunther didn't have them lined up right, and I like Gunther. He just didn't have them lined up right. What difference have you seen with Gus Bradley and now with Cleveland Farrell getting reps, Casey Hayward maybe another Pro Bowl year, Littleton needs to wake up, and you got Maxson and Gakwe. What encourages you with the Raider defense as they go down the stretch trying to make the playoffs? Yeah, and you just nailed a lot of it. I mean, in Gakwe and Max, so you can count on some consistency from a pass rush that we haven't had the last four years, which is, has been tough to watch. And then you talk about Farrell. Instead of pouting and taking his ball and going home, what is he doing? Excelling on special teams, running down the field, making a big tackle, and then you know getting the time that he gets now, he realizes, hey, you know what? i got to take advantage of it. So I like to say, you know, and I think Bradley's – Defense, I don't want to say is simple, but I think it's simplified uh, potentially to some of the guys outside of Vontez Perfect that didn't have a clue on what he was bringing over from Cincinnati. So, uh, I, you know, I, I just love the way that there's cohesiveness. Yes, there's been a lot of uh, tough circumstances to deal with off the field, and it's probably bonded the guys better. Uh, you would know that as, as, as uh, somebody that covers the team the way you do. And uh, I, I'm just excited, JT. I'm excited that they've got an opportunity. Yes, they've got to take out Washington. It is one of those games that we look back at, and we probably had a W next to it you know, on our little book yeah. at the beginning, Mark Lawrence's little book. So we've got to take care of it. But I also had a W next to Chicago and a W next to another game we lost. So, you know, but I didn't have a W next to the Dallas game. So it, it's mm-hmm. evened its way out maybe. Uh, now from here on out the last six games, we got to take care of business and, and got to go minimum four and two, JT. Good to talk to you, Kenny. Miss you. See you soon. Uh, thanks for doing this today. Really appreciate it. You're the best, my man, and Raider Nation loves you, man. You're you're a mainstay, and you're as classy as they get, JT. Thank you, Kenny. Appreciate it. Kenny Thompson, great sports talk host, huge Raider fan. If you've ever seen his Raider car, it's incredible. He really is. A guy, I could talk Raiders for him for hours, man. He is diehard Raider Nation and covers the team very well. You know, again, I I look at this game, and I just wonder – you look. You check this game off as a victory. You can't do it now the way you did when the re- the schedule came out. You, you can't do it that way. Or if you still have the victory, which I think they're going to win, you have to look at the game differently. And as Kenny just said, the game that I thought, if there was all the 17 games this year, when the schedule came out, I thought the two most difficult games would be at Kansas City and at Dallas. Those would be the two I'd put the L next to. But the Raiders beat Kansas City last year at Arrowhead. And that's a big step for them, and I think they can win again because Kansas City is not having their typical dominant year, and the Raiders can be explosive. But the Dallas game, when the schedule came out, we had no idea that there'd be no CeeDee Lamb, and we wouldn't see Amari Cooper. And You better believe that affected the outcome of the game. Raiders won the game, and the Raiders don't have Henry Ruggs forever, so he's out, and Waller was out of that game. But the penalties are what concerned me, 14 penalties by both teams, 14. And not a lot of people are talking about it in Raider Nation because Dallas complained so much about the pass interference calls that Dallas sucked up all the oxygen in the room, right? So everybody nationally, I saw NFL Network did a feature this morning on Mike McCarthy who has COVID, and we hope he's well, and Dallas, and is Dallas starting to fall apart, and they put up the 14 penalties. Well, they didn't put up the 14 Raider penalties. Why not? The Raiders were just as ugly and messy in that game, but Dallas lost the game. 
So they put that up there. And I said to myself, I'm looking at the graphic, you know, all the penalties for Dallas. I'm like, the Raiders had the same amount. But the Dallas ones were magnified because there were pass interferences on one particular guy that changed everything. And the Raiders won the game. And we moved on from that game. <laughs> Forget about the penalties. They won the game. They won the game. But I got a preview Washington this week. And you don't think the refs are going to look to flag the Raiders? If the Raiders go from 14 penalties to four or five, it'll be a bleeping miracle. A miracle. Because the refs are going to come into this game and I saw AFL Godfather tweeted out that the ref who is calling, who's on, on this game, the lead ref, has never done a Raider game. How often has that happened? I mean, for everybody, it's his first. AFL uh, Godfather at NFL Maverick. And he tweeted that out. And I think that's really interesting. When you take a look at, you know, going up against a referee, and then when you look at a referee and you think about a referee, there's been some referees over the decades that have absolutely screwed the silver and black. I found the tweet. Uh, You should follow NFL Maverick. He said, referee Adrian Hill assigned to the Washington Raiders game. He has never officiated a Raiders game. He has officiated three Washington games. The Washington football team lost all three. Tweeted for the purpose of information. It's a great tweet. I mean, I'd never know anything like that. I had no idea. That was the case here. Who's wrapping the game until usually when I get to the stadium? I'll tell you this. I think we're going to see a faster, fresher Raider team on Sunday. The win followed by a mini-buy is exactly what this team needed to get both feet back on the ground. Washington's going to play tough and disciplined, but the Raiders should be better. They have a better roster, and they got to show a great effort coming up on Sunday. That's all you can expect going forward here. Hey, finally, I wanted to wrap it up with Tiger Woods. We got that sound for a reason. Here's Tiger Woods earlier today at the Hero Press Conference in the Bahamas. I've had some really tough days, some some um, really hard hard weeks, some setbacks here and there. As, you know, part of the rehab process, we pushed a little bit and a few setbacks. But overall, everything's progressing um, nicely. But it's just not at my timetable and not at the speed I would like to heal at. I'm not Wolverine, even though sometimes I think I am. Uh, it's one of those things where I just wish I could do actually everything that I used to go do, but it's just, I'm not quite there yet. He was very honest and transparent. Talked about how bad it was when he was in the hospital with that leg injury after the car accident. There was a point in time when, I wouldn't say 50-50-50, but it was damn near there, but I'm not, I was, was going to walk out of that hospital with one leg. Now that I did... I wanted to test and see if I still had my hands. Even in the hospital, I had Eric and Rob do something. Don't mean anything. I'm just catching, catching stuff, okay? Throw it back. Throw it back. Uh, more from Tiger Woods on where he is in the rehab. Everyone, including myself, wants to see him get back and play competitive golf. He said he's got a long way to go. I'm not even at the halfway point. I have so much more muscle development and nerve development that I have to do in my leg. At the same time, I've had five back operations. As the leg gets stronger, sometimes the back may act up. And so it's just, it's a tough road. All right, that's Tiger. Fantastic show today, and I had nothing to do with it. Our guests were just incredible. Tom Flores, the stories that he told, Paul Gutierrez, Jeff Sherman, my buddy Kenny Thompson coming in late, and we dedicate the show to Ballpark Frank, Frank Harnish, who passed away, a beloved member of our Lotus family. So if you've listened to our stations here in Vegas for decades, 
or maybe just a year, you all know Ballpark Frank. And give him a shout out and love the guy. He was really that important to all of us.